0: Welcome to Talking Mopars, episode number 82, and another installment of Direct Connections Live. This time, I had my friends Chuck and Matt McMurray on the show to talk about race cars. So without further ado, if you are a Mopar enthusiast, then you are in the right place. Don't go anywhere. You're tuned into the best Mopar enthusiast-driven podcast on planet Earth, and I am your host, Chris Albrecht, better known as the Mopar Hunter, and this is Talking Mopars, Direct Connections Live. (laughs) You're listening to Talking Mopars with the Mopar Hunter, your direct connection to all things Mopar. We are live. Welcome back to Talking Mopars Direct Connections live tonight. It's Friday and I'm here with my friends Chuck and Matt McMurray from Hemi Pages, Ready Chassis. You know him from the Build Mopar Project. And if you don't, you can always go back um, in time on the podcast. And I've interviewed these guys a couple times. It's always been fun. We like to talk race car stuff, and that's what we're going to do today. So Chuck and Matt, sit tight. We're about to launch this thing, and we're going live right now. So without further ado, if you are a Mopar enthusiast, then you are in the right place. Don't go anywhere. You're tuned into the best Mopar enthusiast-driven podcast on planet Earth. And I am your host, Chris Albrecht, better known as the Mopar Hunter, and this is Talking Mopar's Direct Connections Live. <music> Gentlemen, we are here. We are live. It's been a while since we had you on the show. So Chuck, why don't you introduce yourself, tell us what you do, and then Matt, follow follow up.
1: Thanks, Chris. Well, uh, as always, we really appreciate you giving us the time and uh, getting a chance to talk to the audience so again my name is chuck mcmurray i'm a co-founder uh, and board advisor for ready chassis race cars where we develop uh, design and architect uh, race cars for the masses and uh, my son matthew mcmurray is uh, is also on the podcast today matt you want to introduce yourself
2: hey guys i'm matt mcmurray uh, another one of the co-founders pretty much the other co-founder of ready chassis and Hemi pages and all of the projects that are involved with that uh, and I kind of rule a little bit more of the press side of things so I'm the
0: connection to the world awesome the last the last time we checked in with you guys we were talking about the dart pack which is part of the build mopar project so Chuck tell us about the dart pack and where you're at now in the project how it got started and all that fun stuff
1: Sure. So uh, back in uh, May or June of uh, 2020, we decided, uh, given that it was uh, an election year, that we would cast our own vote. And so we went out and uh, created a couple of options uh, with the aftermarket uh, manufacturers. Uh, They nominated a number of cars as well as engine platforms and modifications, And uh, what what ended up uh, being chosen and nominated by the manufacturers was a uh, 1968 uh, super stock model, uh, which was uh, obviously a very popular uh, race car in the late 60s. And so uh, over the course of 11 votes, uh, which also took about five months, uh, we individually allowed people, uh, car enthusiasts, through a variety of different networks uh, to be able to vote on how they wanted to see the car uh, essentially, come together as an idea uh, first, obviously as a prototype, and then uh, we are in the midst right now of building that car. Uh, so they picked everything from uh, the model of the car. So there was a couple of choices. We had a '67 cornet We had a uh, a '68 uh, Superstock Barracuda. Uh, we had the '330 sedan, and the Dart won uh, almost by I think twice as many votes. Uh, so that was exciting. And then uh, as we uh, continued to uh, offer other votes we had uh the color vote which was really exciting and a r6 red was selected they had the uh the factory swatches to be able to pick from uh and then it was the engine uh, the transmission the front suspension the rear suspension and uh and the wheels and tires and uh so uh the dart pack actually became one of our uh, what we call our icon cars right so if you're going to come to ready chassis and you're going to order uh completed uh ready-to-go 750 or 850 race car with a modern driveline. Uh, the Dart Pack is one of uh, the models that you can select. You, of course, uh, given who we are, you can get that as a rolling chassis. So if you've got a drivetrain uh, or you want to build a budget drivetrain and have essentially the same car, but maybe you want to run a big block or small block, uh, you have the ability to do that. So it was exciting. And then, of course, we immediately went out and started selecting bodies. Uh, we purchased a a local body, um, and then, uh, got the car to the point of cage and media stripping and sold that. Uh, so, uh, now we're in the market for another one. Um, I've got a line on two and, and so we, we get, uh, we get calls and offers, uh, from who are essentially potential customers or people who are selling the cars. Uh, and there's not as, there's not actually as many as, as you would think if you know, if you looked at 2020 with all of the, uh, everything that would happen with COVID and the automotive aftermarket just booming, uh, a lot of cars got bought up and a lot of projects got started, if not restarted. So the inventory for darts actually sort of shrunk in, in that year, uh, which, which is great for the automotive aftermarket. Uh, not great if you're out there trying to buy shelves, but there's always a selection of nice, clean cars to be had to be able to start new projects. So... Uh, we, we find them, and uh, we've uh, created a relationship w- with Watson Engineering, who you would also probably know as Watson Racing, who is uh, the manufacturer of the drag pack. They also build the Cobra Jet, and we are actively designing uh, the dart pack model uh, and its reusability, right? So what we do is when we build a race car, we define architecture that can be repeated, uh, just like the factory does, so that we can make even if necessary, hundreds of these. Uh, And because we can make them so well and uh, with a lot of repeatability in the manufacturing process, uh, we can get the price down to uh, more of an average buyer. And you get a really nice, uh, high-quality NHRA-exceeding safety product uh, for a nice buck. So that's what we wanted to do is change the industry. We wanted to create real race cars for the masses, and now we're out there doing it. So it's a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, that's that's crazy. But you kind of glossed over getting rid of the dart. What what made you get rid of the other dart?
1: Well, so uh, because the, the first thing we do, right, is we disassemble. So this this car actually came uh, locally out of Indiana and uh, we media stripped it, immediately got the cage, the four link and somebody wanted to buy it. Right. So not <laughs> not only not only do we provide like a body in white. Uh, for people that want to build cars. Uh, we also offer a rolling chassis. And then if the car gets far enough, uh, we typically build out an icon car, but we, we try to stock the actual rolling chassis well. I got a, an incredible offer for the work that we had already done because somebody already had an engine and transmission. They had heard about what we were doing and they essentially wanted to buy the body in white. So depending on how far we get with the inventory we have, sometimes people are buying them you know, on a body cart, no wheels and tires, but all the safety equipment's installed. And uh, that's part of our product. So um, if, you know, if, this was a, if this was our track pack Challenger or our, uh, our four pack Charger model, um, I could have gone out and gotten three or four at the same time. But uh, the classic Dart chassis is a little bit harder to come by. We're working with a couple of the manufacturers that create sheet metal uh, to give us a, uh, of a new design. I, I can't say a whole car yet. Uh, they do make quarter panels. They do make floors. Uh, door shells everything else but nobody makes a complete chassis like dinacorn does with the uh, with the challenger so we're working to see if we can construct essentially a new 67 to 69 a body and uh, work from from that place so that that'll make inventory a lot easier to get to
0: hold on so you're talking about manufacturing darts is what you're telling me.
1: Manufacturing. So, so remember that from a licensing perspective, these are exactly yeah, sure. the same shape. There's a lot of floor modifications and frame modifications that we want to do that sets the car up. So, if you're if you're familiar with, uh, there's a company out there called Real Steel. Yes. And they make bodies. Exact same process. So whether or not we would use the uh, the exact same floor pan or uh, floor plan, if you will uh, that Chrysler generated, uh, would be different, but it's essentially the same shape of car. But of course it's, uh, a lot, a lot more modern from the standpoint of how that metals casted and, and, and how the car is essentially put together. But in the end, uh, dimensionally, it's exactly the same thing.
0: Okay. Now I have to ask this, is this a car that could be, if, if I wanted you guys to build me a dart, is this something that I could title or is it strictly Trek purpose?
1: So so we build our cars for the track. Okay. Um, this is a point of contention all the time because I get to, I ask this question all the time. Uh, if you have a 1968 title and you replace everything other than the metal that surrounds the VIN, technically you restored the car and you have a VIN for a car. But, um, you know, that's really frowned upon in the industry. Yeah. Y- you, have, you have the ability to go out and create a, a custom title like you would any other kit car. Uh, but it's all based on state regulations, and there's a lot of paperwork that has to be processed. And, and of course, like in the state of California, that's next to impossible. But, uh, <laughs> you know, the drive lines that we provide uh, are – they're essentially um, – you know, if if you're using something like a Hellcat and an A8 uh, and a stock computer, you've got an emissions-ready driveline. Uh, so maybe if you're in the state of Pennsylvania – uh, you know the state would pass you with flying colors, but in other states it's it's a little tough. Illinois is really easy, so um, we're spoiled.
0: So, for someone like me, I would probably bring you a dart. Unfortunately, I sold the one I had, <laughs> so right. that, that won't ha- that won't happen now. But it, are are you limiting to a bodies and the newer stuff, or is this I can bring? I could let's just for for the sake of fun, I could bring you my '78 b200 van and say hey chuck i want to race this thing
1: yep yeah we so so we are a chassis shop right i mean yep. what we what we do is we convert cars to uh ch- you know what i i like to call door slammers or drag cars with doors um and so so the what we're trying to do is really enable the weekend warrior to have a high quality safe and repeatable eight second super pro chassis that he doesn't he or she doesn't have to run eights of course, if they've got a really nice 440 and they're really happy with 1050s, they've just really got extra safety equipment and a very stable chassis. But yeah, you could bring us uh, you know, anything that you have and we can convert it. What we're trying to do from a cost perspective is standardize on a few different models, right? So the Dart Pack is actually our M2 model. Uh, right now we're working on what is our M1 model, uh, which is what we call Track Pack because we had to give it a name. Um, but basically, we're uh, taking a used 2015 to 2021, if you can afford to buy one, uh, Dodge Challenger. Uh, we're stripping them down to uh, the bare means. We change some of the floor pan, install a 4 link, and then build the car back up uh, in many of the same ways that the, the race cars that you see in factory super, super stock are built uh, with a lot of the same components. And because we're doing that at volume and we're designing it uh, to be repeatable. Uh, you know, we could build a hundred of these if, if the market demanded it, I don't think there's probably a hundred out there, but, um, we'll, we'll find out soon enough.
0: So I'm basic. If I took a car to ready chassis, say I've got a, a a dart shell, I can say, Hey, hey Chuck, I I want a race car, but instead of all steel, I want as much fiberglass on this thing as possible.
1: Yep. Nice. So, 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 so we, so, so the, the dart pack design, um, and and we're going to be releasing a, a manual uh, so you could actually you could read about how you would build it and you could order the components uh, right off of ready chassis and build it yourself if you have the welding skills. Uh, and if you don't have the the skills to put something together, uh, but you wanted to order all the same pieces, we offer modularized kits, which are, you know, the entire front suspension, the entire exhaust system, uh, the, the entire four link uh, rear suspension, rear end housing uh, the roll cage and so forth. So, so what we're essentially doing is we're creating a model of the best 1968, uh, Dodge Dart race car design that you can build. And we're making that available in some quantity, which offers a lower price, uh, because when you make lots of the same thing, uh, and you make it the right way, uh, your cost of manufacturing is lowered and it just becomes more of a distribution and assembly process. It's, I hate to say it. If you look at the, uh, the early Copo uh, Camaro program uh, for factory stock. That's what they did. Uh, they offer a rolling chassis. It's called the Camaro rolling chassis. Uh, and for the Copo Camaros that Chevrolet license, they, you know, they make 80 cars a year. I think there's over 850 of them out there. So it like much like Factory 5 did for the Cobra and for the Daytona Coupe, uh, you know, they make all of the same pieces over again. And uh, it drives the price down a little bit, and it gives there some quantity in the marketplace. What, what we'd really like to see is instead of one-off custom race cars, uh, we'd like to, to see a really nice chassis that the NHRA likes to see because of all the safety equipment out at these races. I would love nothing more than to see 10 or 12 of my cars showing up to an NMCA event with different drive lines and different tuning combinations, but really, really strong and good stuff. <laughs>
0: So basically what you're telling me is Ready Chassis is like the Lego store for race cars.
1: Exactly.
0: So I can pick components or I can pick a kit. <laughs>
1: yeah. You you can buy the book. You can buy the components. You can buy the kit. You can buy the rolling chassis. And if you've got the budget and uh, and we've got the Icon car available, you can buy the whole damn thing if you choose. And we uh, created a package called Ready to Tow, which is a, uh, a an aluminum closed enclosed trailer that's made by Montrose Trailers. And uh, it's basically an enclosed trailer that's made to fit the car. Um, So what we've done is we've looked at the footprint of a two-car garage. And if you've got 24 feet deep garage uh, or you've got a way to configure it, you can have a car in an enclosed trailer, you know, in that single spot. uh, And a total, you only need a total towing weight of 6,500 to 5,500 GBW. So if you've got a, uh, you know, if you've got an F-150, if you've got a D-1500, Ah, uh, you could tow your your car home uh, if you buy the rolling chassis from us, and then you can use it to go to and from the track. So it wow. really is kind of an all-in-one package, and like that's the idea, right? We want to make it easier for people to go out and do this because if you look at the market, right, there's 1, thousand fourteen hundred horsepower drivelines now uh, with the Hellcat program. It's fantastic. They've got Hellcrate. You've got Hellphant. You've got shops like Arrington that are building just, you know, MMX, building these killer motors. And nobody's really done anything to upgrade the chassis. I mean, Mopar, Dodge, builds a fantastic car. They've The, the Challenger, if you think what they've done with the Demon, the Charger, they're very safe, very well-equipped streetcars. But if you want to get down to a 3,500-pound chassis and you want safety equipment to go 850s, are you really going to cut up your Hellcat or your Demon? Or do you want to start with something that – uh, that you're not destroying and use some of those same components and enjoy it. And so um that's that's kind of where we wanted to fit. We feel like maybe we're filling a hole in the market that that exists today. So
0: Yeah, definitely. Um one thing that crossed my mind was so I could go to like Copart and buy a car that's been salvaged if I if I'm if my intention is just to go racing, I can go find a a V an SXT Challenger and go, I can get this thing for pennies and I can take it to ready chassis and you guys can build me the chassis and we can throw a Hemi in what was a V6 car.
1: Yeah. 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 Now what I would tell you though, with Copart is, um, because a lot of those cars do have damage, right. Um, Mm -hmm. and we build systems that fit cars that haven't been hit. Sure. Um, if there's a lot of shift in the core. Um, there may be problems with how that would fit, and I wouldn't recommend necessarily. But I'll tell you, like a perfect example would be a car that was salvaged in a flood. Yeah, right. Sure. It was exposed to some water. Yeah. Uh, we're we're disassembling it every way. The interior goes this way. Uh, the V6 Pentastar or the RT motor goes that way. Um, and we're going to be placing all of our, you know, all of our used inventory as we strip these cars in our classifieds or on Craigslist. So, what's really great about that is the wholesale uh, market, uh, body shops that want seats, carpeting, uh, factory glass dashboards. Uh, they're going to have lots of, lots of drive lines to be able to pick from. So, you know, I like to call uh, there's a, there's an eating term called nose to tail. Uh, it was, it was a, uh, a native, a way to consume a whole animal. If you were to kill a Buffalo, for example, uh, you let nothing go to waste. So we're kind of taking that same process to recycling everything that we take out of these cars and uh and and so that everything gets used, and it's truly if you think about it, it's an environmental plus because we're using everything, we're not creating something new we're we're dissipating those parts and 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 using the rest for our own purposes.
0: Wow, this is really cool now i'm I'm trying to come up with some hard questions for you so here's here's one that might be a challenge say say I'm the type of guy that likes to i don't know uh drum up some trouble and i have uh i have a camaro a newer camaro and i'm like you know what this thing would be way cooler with a hemi and i want to really piss some people off at the track (laughs) can i bring you a camaro and say chuck build this chassis out for me and throw a a g3 hemi in it with a whipple
1: you know uh, it's your wallet if you that if if that's what you want i mean we probably won't have a kit to put a g3 sure in in a late model camaro but uh, a motor plate and welding will get anything in anything. So, uh, you know, I mean, when it comes down to it, um, you know, there's some there's some custom exhaust. Uh, there's wiring harnesses and things that make that a little bit strange. But uh, I've seen weirder, right? I mean, we, we've we gotten a number of um, questions around putting a mod motor, uh, putting the Coyote motor in a Challenger. And I'm like, I mean, can it be done? Yeah, it's a wide <laughs> inch compartment. I'm not sure, sure. what you want to. There's no classes <laughs> for that, but... You
0: can yeah, do it. awesome. So, you, although you're Mopar centric, it's you haven't shut the door on other possibilities.
1: No, no, actually. So, we actually have a we have a a Mustang uh, conversion that we call Fox in a Box. So, if you, <laughs> so if you know anything about the Fox chassis, right, it's it's endless for the number of parts that are out there. Yeah, and the and the Coyote program is fantastic. Uh so what we build is a uh we've designed we haven't we haven't built one yet. I've actually built a number of Fox chassis cars over the years. But if you've got a Fox chassis or an SN95, so if you think I really like the ni- 1991 to 1998 arena. They obviously went through a sheet metal change in um 1994. Uh but but the the actual head to tail chassis if you take the rear bumper off and you've got the front nose off that car is 13 and a half feet long. Mm-hmm. So we can get it inside of a crate. Now, that car doesn't come with an engine transmission or, uh, you know, a third member pumpkin uh, as a rolling chassis. You have to supply all of that. Um, but we can put the rest of the car in a crate uh, and get it on a truck and get it to you. And you can assemble the rest of it in your garage. The way I estimated, if you've got a running drive line and you can hook up wires, you could have a running car in a weekend if you purchase it from us.
0: Wow. That's that's crazy. Um, I know that some Mopar guys are watching this. Like, did he just talk about fox bodies? So don't worry, folks. This is Mopar centric, okay? Um now you come so I have a term that I like to throw around called Restoration, but you threw a term out, I believe, on the last podcast you were on with me, and you said race duration. Yeah. I love that term. So one thing that I know we talked about in the past was if I wanted to build, say, a socks and martin or a dick landy replica you could do that as well
1: oh yeah 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 so we uh we work with a company called rage wraps uh and they can do a nose to tail wrap of the entire car so you can take and lay the entire paint scheme out and of course it's a wrap right so if you if you've got a really nice white car or silver car underneath and you don't want to be dick landy for more than a season you know you you could take all of it off and and every year you could change the exterior and the wheels and have almost a completely different car but yeah absolutely it's uh it's quite easy to replicate paint schemes wraps obviously aren't paint so you can tell when you look close but for the track it's good paint protection and a lot of people like the way that it looks
0: so i could get a body in white and have it wrapped something different every season
1: yep you could always have a different color car in fact I saw Ray Trap do uh, stainless trim on a car recently. They did it all in uh, black, and it looked fantastic. And it, it can just be peeled off. Yeah,
0: you know, I awesome. mean, you got to take
1: your time when you do it, but sure, yeah, you can take it off.
0: That's really cool. So, are you working with specific um, builders for engines, or how does how does that work? If, is this a catalog I'm going to open up, and I'm going to have a plethora of options for engines, or how is this? How how are you planning on running that?
1: Well, so there's so. You know the crate engine market is is amazing um, yeah Ar- Arrington, m m x um we we uh deal with a- an engine shop here locally opel engineering um but you know we look at ourselves as bringing brands together literally so we're we're working with the Holly portfolio you know Earl's plumbing uh glass tech for fiberglass pro glass for the windows but if you've got an engine shop that you really like um you know we suggest that engines are kind of your thing i what i found when we started this is that uh typically people either had drive lines that they've invested in and typically their race cars is, is worth about what their engine is worth so we knew that the engine and transmission was the more coveted piece within the car and they really like their engine shops. they really trust their tuning packages and so we thought you know it's interesting but nobody really builds a car uh, <laughs> for, for better engines uh, why didn't somebody do the reverse of that and so we thought, well, what about a crate chassis? Like, why doesn't somebody build that? And you know, I looked at like Factory Five recently. There was a company that came out called Revology, where they build classic Mustangs with you know brand new running driveline, and they are they're amazing. Now they're street cars, and they're and they're six digit cars, uh, but they are done with incredible detail. We wanted to do that for the drag racing market because, you know, you see these. I mean, I I went to the Chicago. Uh, nmca the 13th annual one that was in uh, 2018 and we watched a, a black dodge demon win uh the race and it was uh, it ran nine twenties, and wow. uh the guy didn't have a cage so when he came up to get his trophy they couldn't they, they could shake his hand and say thanks but they couldn't award him the trophy because he didn't have the safety equipment for the for the time and the speed and so i thought you know not only is it dangerous but that's a shame i mean the nhra has rules for a reason because mm-hmm. these cars are dangerous, especially if you think about a, a forty six hundred pound Hellcat uh, without safety equipment at those speeds. Um, you know, even with airbags and everything else, they're much safer cars than anything we ever had in the 60s and 70s. But, you know, momentum is what it is. Velocity is what it is. And the physics don't lie. So it's it, and it's tough. I mean, if you buy a Hellcat Redeye, do you really want to put, you know, three thousand dollars worth of molly in the car? <laughs> because in 20 years, that car is going to be worth a lot of money, in my opinion. So you really have to be dedicated to want to cut something like that up. And and by the way, the IRS, I mean, I I've, I know there's some guys really breaking records out there. But if you don't have a good rear, uh, you end up either going through parts or you find all the weak links. Right. So.
0: Okay, Chuck. So <laughs> I'm one of those guys where if I'm on a website or I'm looking through a catalog and I don't see a price, like if I go to a nice restaurant, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's yeah. one of those high-end ones that they don't have the prices. It drives me bonkers. Are you, is this going to be a situation where I can go on, say, the Ready Chassis website, and I can see what I'm going to be into a chassis? I mean, yes. obviously, there are some variables there, but is there going to be like a, a base price, so to speak?
1: There's going to be set pricing for everything. Um, so right now we've got um, we have a number of components that are listed out on the site. They're just parts. Now we're actually putting together bundles and kits for things that work together. Um, and then there's going to be a rolling chassis fixed price. And I'm, I'm doing that because it, it allows us to cost contain and figure out what kind of profit we can drive out of something. You know, I'm, I'm really I'm taking it in the shorts, really, when it comes to profit, because I want to build a really nice company and a beautiful brand that supports a bigger market instead of trying to gouge people for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, but but at the same time, because we're producing quantity, you know, if you think about when you order roll, cage, you know, components, if you order 10 roll cages, you know there is a discount in that. You're bending the exact yeah. same thing over and over again. So the repeatability it drives out some some of the cost and uh, the manufacturers like that too because they know that they can fine tune the product and they can support it better. Um, and so you know we we celebrate the brands that we build with our cars. That's why that's why we sell the separate components. I mean you can you can do what we're doing in your own garage if you've got the tools. But I find that a lot of people either don't know how to do it, they don't have the tools to do it, they don't have the time, or they don't want to. Um, because they'd rather just have it done the right way by somebody who does this all the time, much like you buy any other services.
0: And it sounds like you just described me because I'm sitting, I'm sitting here going, I don't have time to build a race car, let alone the skills, but I would love to have a race car, you know, throw talking Mopar, uh, talking Mopar's rap on it and go have some fun. Um, here comes the other big question that I know a lot of people are thinking, and I'm, I'm just going to give you a scenario. Um, how much? Well, if I had my '69 Dart still, and I sent it over to you, and I said, Chuck, I want a body in white. Don't worry, I'll take care of the engine, or we'll talk about an engine at a later time. How much to get me? I, I imagine these cars are going to be certified for what 850s or something like that.
1: Yeah. So there's two certification levels. We we the the, the standard chassis is designed for 850. Uh, if you want to move to the 25 five cage for 750s and the main beam that basically makes up that car there's an upgrade so we actually when we put the four link in the car we set up the the core chassis to be 750 but you just don't get the, the halo bar the other pieces that make up the roll cage that make it 750 certified um but so so to answer your question yeah think of uh so so there's 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 really two factors one is the rarity of the body right um so the, the darts are harder to come by than our newer challengers. So if you if you said you wanted a a, a our four pack uh, conversion of of a Dodge Charger, um, you know it's it's easy to go out and find a cop car, or like you said, Copart, or find an SXT and strip it. Uh, to find a clean 1967 and 1969 Dart to do Dart pack, uh, that takes a little bit more finding, but there's enough of them out there. The target when I when I set out to build an 850 car without an engine and transmission my target was to get to around 35,000 bucks right that's that's a that's a media blasted painted uh, certified car with seatbelts wiring harnesses uh, pro glass lexon chrome Uh, everything is essentially done you're adding your engine your transmission torque converter uh drive shaft and third member it's got wheels it's got tires it's got wheelie bars it's got front suspension the headlights are there the um the the wiring pack is dash you know uh center dash out to the headlights and uh there's an engine harness based on the type of engine you're going to run so if you're running 440 turbo if you're running uh G3 hemi there's a wiring harness for each one of those we're even working on some slant 6 turbo stuff right now uh fuel injected a uh, lightweight situation but uh we really want people to essentially plug and play. It takes time cuz you got to design all that, but it's for guys for guys like you, you want to go out and spend your time racing. You want to be able to fix problems when you have them and you don't want to have to always fix and customize when you do, right? You want to order a new wiring harness because somehow you burnt one. You want to get a replacement for it. And so that's the idea is that repeatability. I want people to be able to solve their own problems. And if we've got enough quantity, they could even buy spares if they really wanted to.
0: I like the idea that I know that the car is not going to fall apart on me. You know what I mean? The, hey, at least I'm safe in this thing. I may be slow because I don't know how to drive the thing, but at least I'll be safe. You know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's what I, I feel like I could order a car from you, throw a elephant in it or something and probably run 16 seconds. Go, well, I did it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I suck, but I did it. Yeah. Um, that's I, I love the amount of options that you're giving enthusiasts to basically build the race car of their dreams. Cause I know guys like me, I'll watch street outlaws and go, God, you know, I'm looking at these semi truck trailers and these cars that have to be in the six figures. And I know I'm not going to be to that level, but gosh, it sure would be cool to order, you know, a ready chassis car with the trailer that fits in my two car garage. I, I just, I love the concept. I love the idea. Um, is it, is this going to be a situation where you're going to have inventory of cars ready to go? You're going to have chassis just waiting?
1: That's the idea. I'd, I'd, I'd always like to have at least one chassis of, of every one of our icons available. So if you really like Dart Pack, I, I would hope that you'd be able to call us. And, and within two weeks time, you'd be able to get one of our finish. You know, it's we if we do that right, we have to choose colors. Um, uh, everything that we've chosen so far has been from the the hypo colors right so uh you know top banana b5 blue r6 red hemi orange plum crazy um and so when we finish a car in that color if you hate plum crazy and you're waiting for a hemi orange car that may not come around for a couple of months you can always wrap the car to be a different color and not everybody wants to have a white car either right but um uh we're, we're gonna finish a number of chassis i mean i personally if i look at it a 68 dart and plum crazy with a black hood uh that's got a really nice tire and skinnies on the front. And I know it's got a, a glass front end and, and Lex windows. I, I'm pretty much like ready to go at that point. Right. Uh, <laughs> so um I mean, how th- those cars are so cool and those paint schemes are so cool that they're timeless. And, and so, you know, we, we try to, we try to create what I'll say are characters, right. Characters that you've seen out at the races, characters that you've seen over time, and you can have a piece of that fun, and uh, and that's what we're trying to do. And and you know this, uh, you know I don't want to take over the entire conversation, but I look at Matthew's generation, and he can tell you about what he sees. But you know he's got friends and uh, peers that want to have fast cars that are safe, and there's only so many options that they can either afford or that they know how to build. And if your your dad or your uncle they weren't into cars. Um, you know, how do you you get educated and how do you learn it? So we're trying to essentially fill that gap and uh, give the next generation something to be able to start with.
0: That's amazing. I I really love this concept. It's just really cool. So here I'm a dreamer. So I'm like, Chuck, I don't have $35,000 just next to me at my desk here. Is there any way... I mean, do you have a payment plan? <laughs> do I, how how are we gonna afford to just dump thirty-five grand? Now, I could I can go finance a scat pack right now and just end my dreams of ever having a race car, or is there an option for ready chassis?
1: Well, so think of it this way, right? Um, we love guys that buy brand new Mopars. You mm-hmm. go out, and you get a 1320 scat pack. Uh, we have components that work with those cars. I mean, we've got a roll cage that that fits in that car. Uh, we've got weight reduc- reduction concepts that you can use, light lightweight batteries, full exhaust systems, um, upgrades that you can make. You know, supercharger upgrades, nitrous, whatever. Uh, that's definitely a fantastic option, and I think that's what Mopar and Dodge have done so well. Uh, but but if you want to start with a race car uh, because you like vintage stuff. Um, you know, it, if you think about how much you're going to spend to build a race car uh, and you want it to be right, you're going to end up at around that amount. But we're working with a number of financial institutions to offer financing uh, right on the site so that you'd be able to buy a core and, and it takes us time to build it, but you'd be able to take it home uh, faster than you could probably get a chassis shop to accept your car and turn it around and get it back to you. That's not to say that there aren't shops out there that do great work really quickly. Uh, but what I've seen is cars getting stuck in you know, uh, body shops for two or three years at a time, chassis shops not finishing the work that they're supposed to, engine shops taking two years to turn around a long block, it happens all the time. Um, if you think about what we're doing, we're trying to general contract lots of these companies and a number of few that have made commitments that they can turn things around quickly and and get them out when people want them. Uh, you know, we're going to try as hard as we can to be able to meet those timelines when when people want them.
0: That's awesome. So not only can you get a race car, but you can potentially finance one. So everybody that wants a race car, you better get your credit up right now. I'm working on mine. <laughs> it's going to be great. Um, I, You mentioned time frame, mm-hmm. So I'm curious, I, I know a lot of people, you know, if you got a lot of money, you know, it, it always comes down to the two important things are time and money. How long Do you have a target time window for, say, say, we'll just say for the sake of argument again, I've got a 69 Dart. It's solid. You don't have to do too much metal work on it. It's really clean. I want the chassis. Let's just throw a elephant in it, see what it can do. How long am I looking at waiting for this car?
1: So what I would say right now is with who we've contracted with, you're probably at six months.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it depends on volume. Sure. really the idea got very popular very quickly so um you know i i would say you're probably at six months if you if you were to call me in in august you're gonna have an easier chance of getting something around turned faster you know you're gonna, you're gonna get that car turned around faster than if you call me in february right before race season sure That's just that's just traditional seasonality of how the the automotive aftermarket works
0: yeah i i do hear horror stories about guys having Cars at a restoration shop for two, three, five years. It's just, it's insane. So it's really cool that, you know, you're working on creating uh, just a one stop shop. That's, that's really awesome. um You're probably going to get someone crazy like, God forbid I ever have a ton of money. I- I'm going to go get a satellite, a 70 satellite, and say, Chuck, I- I'm going to need a Superbird race car. <laughs> and, and I mean, from the sound of it, it sounds like, you're open to that kind of stuff. It's not just, you know, darts or newer stuff. And I, I think that's really cool. I'm really excited to see what kind of crazy, cause I know everybody's got crazy ideas. So I'm, I'm interested to see where you go with things like that. Sure. But, um, are you, are you up and running right now? Or is this something that's going to take a little bit to get the ball rolling?
1: No, we're, uh, we're off to the races. So, I mean, you know, this is Matthew's, uh, full-time gig. And I'm helping to consult. We've got uh, two or three other guys that are involved. Um, you know, it's interesting. Every time you start a business, right? The parts business. Uh, he's been working the parts business uh, with with Tamraz's parts, which is a retailer that's been around, geez, almost 35 years. Uh, so they sell restoration parts, and uh, they've started to carry performance parts. So there's this sort of supply line out there already uh, where people can get components. Uh, bundling the kits and getting a prescribed kit, right? Something that says this front suspension works with this exhaust system, works really well in this car for this weight class. That's taking some time to prescribe. So what we're doing is we're working on a number of, we've got three chassis that we're developing over the next two years that we want to standardize on. Uh, The LC chassis is a fantastic platform. There's a lot of SXT and RT cars that are turning up. You know, if, if you're going to start with something, shoot for something that's less than seventy five thousand miles, not a rust belt car. Right. Try to if you can get it out of Arizona or Texas rather than Michigan, you're going to start with something that's a lot cleaner. And then we're not doing any blast work or anything like that. Um, and we have sort of a, the same scenario for each chassis. Right. So. Um, we don't have a plan for extensive rust work. If you've got an LX or an LC chassis car, you can go out and get a core that's stronger than that. Um, and so, so the concept is, you know, with with the four-link and ladder bar options, you don't have many to pick from. And the reason is, is because we want to work with one manufacturer, uh, you know, mm-hmm. one rear suspension provider, one front suspension provider. Uh, if, if, of course, you're looking at Magnum Force Racing versus AJE. Uh, essentially, they end up in the same car at the same place. Uh, but remember, every time you customize, uh, you take the risk of either needing different parts or just finding different combinations that we maybe necessarily haven't put together because we can't put every combination with every combination. So we're picking a lot of the same vendors and, you know, quick fuel technology, Holly EFI, TTI exhaust, um, r and is helping us with switch panels. Weld racing wheels um, you can always change things yourself later, uh, but but new parts come with with warranties from the manufacturers, and we provide instructions on how to essentially maintain the car and that's kind of the program um, you know we we are trying to avoid getting into customization uh, for the mere fact that it takes a lot of time and people get they become perfectionists when they're building cars. what we're trying to do is create something that's great enough i don't say good enough but great enough for the population to go out have fun and have some reliability and uh and get the most out of out of what we're producing so um that's the idea
0: yeah i i really like the idea of having a stock of cars ready to go (laughs) that to me that's that's going to be awesome so you're are you actively out there you know, are you are you going to be to blame for all these a body <laughs> shells just disappearing off the market real quick, or what?
1: Well, so so we've got we have a we have an a we have an a body acquisition, right? So we've got classes that we when we look at a core, uh, we we we've got a rating system, you know, and we're not touching the three forty h code cars. We certainly yep. would never touch a super stock uh, GTSs. None of that. You know, there's plenty of slant six and three eighteen. Cars that are out there. Um, you know, it, it's easier to find a 73 dart than it is a 67, you know, 68 dart. Um, body exterior is different, but underneath they're practically the same. Uh, Lingenfelter, who uh, provides the aluminum brackets, uh, makes lightweight brackets. Pro Glass makes all of the Lexon. Uh, Glass Tech makes, um, uh, and VFN as well, make all of the fiberglass components for those cars. So. You know the rare the rare stuff is a little harder right if you brought me up like you, know, you see behind matthew he's got a uh, a 77 velari wagon that's one of our our slant six test cars uh if you want a fiberglass rear hatch for that car and a pro glass window it can be made but you know you got to get in line at glass tech and you've got to get in line at pro glass to be able to have that made and then we got to get it right and we got to get it painted so it's not it's not that easy to do different stuff. It's funny, I, uh, I learned all of this in the software industry. For 22 years, I've been consulting in software, and there's a, a term. It's called uh, customization versus configuration. Customization says if you do something and it's one-off, when you go to repair it or replace it, it's also one-off. Configuration says take things out of the box and try to use them as they are. So if you think of like Facebook, right, you build your own Facebook profile, you add your picture, you add your material, but you're not actually coding the site, It's you're just using Facebook. The concept in software and the concept in cars is configuration. Use essentially what gets by, what you need and what's right, and make it your own. But don't go so far outside the lines that it's hard to get parts for. If you think of something like Drag Week, you know, if you get stuck out in the weeds and you need fuel fittings, you certainly don't want to be. Getting weird parts. Um, you want to use standardized 8AN-6AN fittings because you can get them somewhere. Um, if you if you think about like if you're a Gen 2 Hemi guy and you're doing drag week, you have to have spares for everything. If you're an LS, <laughs> if you're an LS or a Hemi guy, there's a chance you can get a crankshaft somewhere, right? Faster than you would for the really rare stuff. So the idea sure. is is, you know, use the stuff that's out there. Uh, that you can get out on Craigslist without having to pay a fortune to do replacements. And and it makes it easier for maintenance. And of course your cost comes down because maintenance is easier.
0: Awesome. When, uh, when is the, when is the catalog going to be ready? When can I go and fantasize and put together my dream car?
1: So we're actively building that right now. We're working with um, manufacturers to create the modularized kits. Right. So, so like, for example, we had a meeting with AJE and we said like, hey, we want, we want a, a G3 conversion for, and they, they already have that for an A-body. And then, and of course we have customers asking like, well, what about, you know, what about this engine or what about this transmission? And so, you know, companies like US Car Tool doing a fantastic job of creating like transmission tunnels that fit the late model transmission. So what we're doing right now is we're putting together these, what I call modularized kits and saying like, hey, if you've got a 68 Dart, here's front suspension, here's here's rear suspension, here's gears, here's wheels, tires, here's glass, um, everything that you would essentially need. And you can order it in, in these kits. Um, and then, of course, you can just order the components, because maybe if you're working on a budget, and you're going to build a car over five years, you know, maybe you, you, you start to acquire everything. But, you know, in the end, when you take it all out of the box that it's going to work together. Uh, so like, go back to your Lego idea, you know, if you bought. 10 different sets of Legos, when you spill them all out on the table, they all still fit. (laughs) So um, that's the way I've always wanted to do it. Unfortunately, the custom aspect of the racing industry has made that really tough. I think when you see like uh, you, well, first of all, you see what the manufacturers are doing, right? So if you look at a Dodge, I mean, if you have a Hellcat and you need a supercharger replacement, you can go to a Dodge dealer and you can get a supercharger. Uh, If you've got a, uh, uh, you know, if you've got a pro charged, uh 440 car with Indy heads and you need to get parts, it's going to be a little bit tougher to to get those things. You can't go down to the to the Dodge dealer to get those things. Uh, even though those companies do a fantastic job of providing stock and replacement parts, it's still just a different category. And so we've seen this like in the LS market. We've seen this in the Mustang market. Uh, they have a lot more standardization and thereby it's easier to build some of the stuff. I've always dreamed of being able to do that. Uh, with Chrysler products. And I think that if you're in a big block or a small block uh, in an older car, that's easy. You call TTI. They've got headers for almost every situation you can manage in. But if you start doing late, you know, or Gen 3 Hemi swaps in, in earlier model cars, companies like Holley are now starting to provide, you know, the Blackjack series uh, mm-hmm. you know u s car tools reproducing engine mounts to do those conversions uh bouchouli on performance i just i just read uh, earlier well late last week we gave them a call you know they're making uh a gen three hemi mounts for seventy three seventy four b body right like i've got one of those i've got a coronet and I wanted to do a five seven turbo conversion for it well now there's parts so we're we're working to bring that kind of stuff together and that'll be available soon
0: that's really cool i'm really excited because there's a lot of you know, going back to a bodies, there's a lot of you know 73, 74s out there, and I know a lot of people are like, "Oh, those years suck." But it's like, if I'm going to build a race car, you know, who's to say? Let's chop the the butt off that thing and throw an earlier, you know, Duster Demon, you know, back end on it. Throw a you know, Duster Demon, an earlier uh, front end on it, just to build your dream car. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um,
1: yeah.
0: Lots of opportunities hey.
3: here. You know, AMD, Golden Star,
1: uh, PUI, they all make a lot of those repopped popped uh, restoration parts for that stuff. So if you've got, a, you've got a 73 duster and you want to put a 70 duster front end on it, it's not out of reach these days. I mean, you couldn't think of doing that 20 years ago, but as they make new grills, they make sheet metal, uh, it becomes easier. It's really just, it's being a general contractor and bringing together all of these sort of teams and, and people that provide services to build something. And to standardize it a little bit makes it easier for the market. It's a bit of a paradigm shift. I'm surprised it hasn't been done yet. Um, as, uh, to the, to the, you know, size that I'd like to see it done in, but somebody's got to do it. So we're going to give it a shot.
0: So what are you doing as far as like? I'm just going to get into some details that have just been going around in my head, like dashes. Or are you doing factory dashes, aluminum dashes? What, what kind of options do I have for something like that?
1: So, uh, so we have a product called course uh ready dash (laughs) right so uh so if you if you go out and you buy a uh if you're doing if you're doing the dart pack right and you're going to do let's say you're going to go to cleveland power performance and buy a uh a hellcat with an a8 you know the full driveline those guys sell a a a turnkey pallet with everything on it well you're going to need a place to put the uh lcd panel you're going to need a shifter mount so what we're essentially doing is we're taking the shell of that dart. We're making some uh, some aluminum components and bracketry, and uh, we're we're making that so that you have a, a wiring harness, a computer gauges. Uh, you might even want to add on a you know a data logger if you've got Holly EFI and that's what you know you want to run on the car. Uh, all of those things have places. So we're you know we're talking to Auto Meter to figure out how that works. There's a lot of things in the aftermarket already that solve that problem, like like autometer has a drop in plastic container where you can you know put it right in the dash mm-hmm. uh but but if you've got the Hellcat computer they haven't built for that yet maybe they will at some point but we're we're coming up with the in between which is where it fits i've actually re- i'm redesigning right now an A body dashboard that looks a lot more like a a, a late model charger shape and so cool. once that's sort of molded Uh, you know, you can even reuse some of those gauges and things. And so, you know, I'll, I'll say this to the world since they're listening, if, if you're a manufacturer and you've got a really cool idea for being able to fill in that gap, we'd love to hear from you because anybody that's making it is making our lives easier. We can get it to the market faster.
0: I like the idea of a a newer style dash and an old car. That would be really cool. Um, with these cars, are you going to have the tin work and stuff done? Or is that something I get the car and I got to go find somebody to do all the tin work too? No, that's done. Nice.
1: So what we've, we've tried to keep the, you know, you can go fast on a nine inch tire. If you look at factories, factories, uh, supercar Uh, that's how fast drag packs are going on a small tire. Same thing with the Copos and the Cobra jets. Um, So we try to maintain uh, wheel tubs and really great working suspension so that you don't need to have, you know, giant wheels and tires on the car. That makes it a little bit hairier on the top end, uh, but it makes maintenance and everything else a lot easier. You don't, the the world of the steamroller tires, you know that's a look. I, I like it. It's cool, uh, but you don't always need thirty-three inch tall, you know, sixteen wide tires to get down the track. If you've got a good working suspension and you know how to get the transmission set up, uh, if you if you've got the right car and you've got the right rear suspension and good weight transfer, you don't need a huge tire.
0: Awesome. So. I can get this car. It's gonna be all tinned out, ready to go. It's got I'm assuming you're gonna have aluminum door panel. The thing's gonna be ready to go. Just pick an engine, drop it in, send
3: You'll
0: it over it to my the house. And let's go. Nice. That's right. Man, this is this is fun. One thing that and here I am asking crazy questions again. So I, I know you I know you wanna stick to you know uh the more common stuff like the A bodies and the newer stuff but one, one race car. And every time I see one, it just gets me going. I love them because I'm such a fan of the era. And that's, I see a lot of what would have been front wheel drive, Dodge Daytonas that have been converted to rear wheel drive. And I, ha, I, I haven't seen one. And now there might be one out there, but I haven't seen one at the track yet. That's converted to rear wheel drive that has a gen three Hemi in it. Is this something that you could do for me? Cause I may or may not have a Daytona laying around.
1: So, uh, okay. Well, so I've seen a couple of uh, G3 conversions on Daytonas. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, Mopar Performance actually had a small block conversion kit back in Uh the day. It was actually a catalog part number. Yeah. Um, The the challenge with providing that is there's not enough rust-free cores out there. Mm. And there's a lot of extensive work that needs to be done that makes that more of a custom situation and sure. there's not a whole lot of people that want them. So it's not that we wouldn't do it. Yeah. Um, but I would probably try to talk you out of it because once you look at what it's going to cost and then, you know, what, would somebody want to buy that car after you were done with it? Right. <laughs> the, one, the one thing that we try to look at is resale value. If you know, you're getting a ready chassis car that has serial numbers and and part numbers for the kits that make up the, the car, you can essentially maintain that for 20 years. If you've got something custom and you need to change the floor, you're just back to doing what everybody else does with race cars yeah. and you're customizing.
0: I, I still, I really like the idea of ready chassis, making it so easy, you know, cause I, I'm the type of guy that likes to make things difficult. I do it all the time. Just like what I just talked about a day. I don't need a Daytona race car. I go get a dart. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, I know that another crazy thing that I like to, ponder about is how streetable can one of these cars be? You know, if I brought you a Dart, you know, for example.
1: So, so I'm probably the worst person to ask about streetability. And I'll tell you why, (laughs) because I'm the guy that drives around the neighborhood and I've got, you've seen it on my Facebook page. I've got a 73 Coronet with a five gallon fuel cell, uh, exhaust just quiet enough to keep the cops off my butt. And it runs, uh, you know, two hundred degrees all the time. Electric fans, electric water pump, like you know, electric fuel pump. It's got a roll cage. Still, back seat still works. I use my five point harness when I get in the car. So <laughs> I, I, drive. If, 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 in my opinion, if you can, if you can register the car and you can, and you can pay for insurance, it's a street car. Not everybody feels that way. So,
0: okay, that's because I know that. There's a couple Looney Tunes around here that love to drive their race cars to local shows. I love it. I think it's amazing. And there's always a crowd around those cars, especially when they start them up. (laughs) They're either starting up or parking them. There's always a crowd around them because it's like, does this guy really drive it on the street? (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) So it's it's really fun to think, oh, I'm going to go, you know, have my because so, I've been saying this for a long time. The G three Hemi in a super stock style dart is like my dream because it's like, you know, what sure. you know, it just it's awesome. That's why I'm such a fan of the Build Mopar um Dart Pack, which yeah. I, I do want to talk about a little bit more again. Um where are we at on that project and when can we expect to see that running down the track?
1: So so we were originally targeting to have that car done for modern street hemi shootout 2021 i was way over aggressive in estimating that because when i decided to build cars for other people i didn't really know that they were going to come and try to buy everything <laughs> that i built um so we're we're shooting for next season uh we're going to have the dart pack model and all of the equipment that essentially makes up that repeatable chassis for this winter so If in the November time frame somebody wanted to build 10 variations of it, we'll have that entire parts kit available. But the answer is, you know, we'd like to have it for next year. The other thing that was kind of weird is as um, as Covid was coming to what I thought was an end, uh, there was some quite, you know, Route 66 didn't open this year. they they weren't open last year. They didn't open this year. We don't actually know if the track is going to be open. It's it's terrifying to me because I'm so close to it. So there's a couple of different schedule changes and some things yeah. that haven't happened in certain states. So I don't feel that bad. But I do know that the Modern Street Hemi Shootout is doing really well. Dan Van Horn is out there making it happen. they I think they've already had two events. I think this weekend's yeah. maybe the third. Uh, NMCA is running. I heard that. Um, uh, the other races that are around the country are happening so you know hot rod uh, power tour i'm not sure about but i know that uh drag week is supposed to happen so hopefully that, that we see those things and i'm watching uh flow racing is now uh, uh the replacement for uh, uh speed video so i've been i've been keeping up on on all that and it's it's fun to be able to actually virtually attend those races when you can't make them all
0: yeah definitely yeah. i i need to look into that that would be fun um so with the dart pack are you still stick? i mean we had the enthusiasts i say we like i'm part of it <laughs> you guys had the enthusiasts vote on how this car was built but i know that there's been a couple changes like i know whipple's got the big three liter now um and i believe the original plan was a 2.9 liter um blower on it so are, are you giving yourself a little bit of wiggle room as far as okay well forget the 2.9 we'll throw the three liter on it are you making changes to the to the plan?
1: We are going to build the icon car, as you see in the renderings. We're we're building that car in that color with those parts uh, because we're going to have one that mm-hmm. is the build Mopar car that's going to go to auction, right? And then we're going to build variations of that same car. I'm actually working with Abimelech, uh, who does our renderings, to create a purple version. Or Sorry, I don't use the word purple. Plum crazy, <laughs> hemi orange, and black. So you can actually see the way that that car looks in other paint schemes. We've got a a tuxedo black paint scheme that um looks really really cool and if you've got like a direct connection sort of uh the same sort of decal set that they did on the drag pack it's a really badass looking car
0: i may or may not have seen it and i can attest that it is a badass looking car um yeah that's that's going to be amazing so these render so somebody buys a ready chassis car you can say hey i'm kind of curious what this thing's going to look like when it's got a wrap on it you can have there's going to be renderings available too
1: yeah so so that's one of the reasons we're working with rage wraps is um because we've got the renderings finished if if you sit over to uh to rage uh they can mock up what the car would look like with the wrap on it so you can really get a feel for what the car is going to look like when it's finished and i think i think that's really important because when you're spending a good amount of money to get the final result that you really want you should have the way that you see it right and so um that the most important part for us is we want to produce colors that make sense so that the door jams in the underhood of the car. If you're got a plum, crazy car, pick a plum, crazy paint code with us. Don't paint it red and then wrap it in purple. <laughs>
0: yeah. you know,
1: if, if you know what you want in the end, you can build it that way.
0: So with, uh, I know we talked a little bit earlier about you having some cars already pretty much ready to go. Like, okay, what do you want on it? We already have the chassis. Um, and you talked about having some of them painted Uh, is this going to be a situation where you have some that are painted and some just a body in white, um, some sort of variety to pick from?
1: So, so as we bring up our production um, and because we're starting with uh, cars that, that are, we're already assembled, right? So we're not buying a body in white. We're actually buying an SXT and we're Mm -hmm. cleaning, we're cleaning it out. So I'm trying to pick a handful of pretty cool colors to get start with. So if you go out there and you get a, a Challenger LC chassis, you know, if you get a 2018, you can get it in forest green. You can get it in an F8.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, you can you can get it in Hemi Orange. There's a lot of six-cylinder cars out there that are lower mileage, that are really nice. Like, I watch CarMax all the time just to kind of <laughs> see what colors are popping up. If you want white, you want silver, you want black, or you want dark gray, it's almost like a three-to-one. But if you want orange, I, I, I'm going to pick the popular colors and build off the popular colors because I know that there are guys and gals that go, I want a Hemi Orange. Finished race car, and uh, and so we're we're picking the popular colors, and they they get sold quicker. You know, I've got commitments on a number of cars already. I can't say how many. Uh, it's far more than I can build right now. Uh, but we're going to be very busy the next two or th- Matthew's going to be very very busy the next <laughs> two or three years, and our, as are all of our business partners uh, that are essentially doing the work. You know, we we do a lot of disassembly and assembly. Uh, I don't I don't do the chassis work for the models that we build because If you've got people like Watson Engineering that are out there uh, that already are building, you know, those class level cars, uh, that's part of the branding that goes into this is that you get the same company that's building those factory supercars.
0: Yeah, I'm really excited to see where this goes. Um, I think it's going to be pretty, pretty amazing. Um, When is your target to have uh, the first cars starting to roll out?
1: The end of the summer. We'll, nice. have a, uh, we'll have a we'll have a 850 LC chassis that uh, that you really only need to go out and get, um, you know, it's going to it's so the the first LC chassis is built for a, uh, a an ATI cased turbo 400 Ford nine inch four link. Um, you know, light. We've I found a uh, a company that makes a lightweight tubular front suspension conversion for an LC. We've really got the car's weight down. You have to actually, depending on the class you're going to run, and you have to ballast up uh, because they're they're that light. Uh, <laughs> we we found some ways to get more weight out of the chassis, and uh, it's a fantastic car. It's a fantastic car at high speed, and it's I mean it, it's they're built to go 180 miles an hour. So um, and and the NHRA is going to put their certification on it. Uh, so that's the way it will roll wow by the end of the summer we'll have uh by the end of september we should probably have three quantity um i'd like to do an fc7 i'd uh, you got to do a body in white because you can wrap it in whatever you want and i'd really like to have a hemi orange car finished i've already got two of them acquired and then a a silver car because i've got a silver truck it'll look really nice for sema and pri so um we're going to wrap one of those and uh you know and then the winter is going to be busy i mean so long as the economy sticks out where it is and people still want the stuff uh we're going to be building a lot of things
0: awesome please tell me you're going to document some of these first builds are all we going to be them. able to yes all right so
1: so 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 keep in mind part of the reason it's taking as long as, as it is is uh, in fact i just had a, a conversation with cartech today cuz i'm trying to find a way to publish um I've, i'll i'll just share this with you this is the competitor's book but this was my inspiration so The Copo program had something called the Copo Build Book, and they've even got a layout for how how they even assembled these cars. But every single thing that they do to put these cars together is in the book. So we're documenting the complete disassembly of an LC and an LX chassis. Darts are actually easier. There's not as many parts. Uh, And then all of those parts can be available. So we're documenting the entire disassembly process, what you keep, what you don't need. Then there's going to be a a section that has all of the components that you can buy. And then if you want them as kits, it's really just bundling components. And then there's the finished chassis. So we're going to have instructions for everything. So really somebody that is pretty good with tools, but maybe isn't a pro with cars, if they follow the instructions, they should be able to put it together. It's, I, I have to say, I mean, factory five is the company that did this at scale for the Cobra program. So we've, we've, observed and learned what Dave Smith did. Fantastic uh, product. And uh, we're following some of the same methodology because I mean, I don't have a build school, um, but maybe in the future, that'll be something as you can come and actually put one of our cars together. Uh, But race cars and street cars are different. You don't have as many parts. I mean, it's, you got electric water pumps. You got, there's a lot of design that just goes into making it safe at speed and making it easy to work on transmission tunnels where you can actually get bolts out um but but you're not putting a lot of street parts on it you can take one of our cars and you can add all you want to you want to put air conditioning in it go for it it's it's yours when you buy it um but we just want you to get you to the track safe and quickly
0: wow i'm i as soon as you get those uh build books ready send one my way because i got to check that out because i'm like what did i say earlier it's like the lego store you get instructions too <laughs> i mean it couldn't be any easier folks and if if you have deep enough pockets or good credit, I mean, you're, you're off to the races, quite literally. Literally, <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is going to be fun. Matt, you've been a little quiet. How do, how do you feel about this whole thing? So as far as uh,
2: it goes, a lot of the perspective that I've been giving on this stuff is I, I've been freelance writing for a couple of different companies, including our own. Um, and basically, what I'm trying to do is appeal to not only the people, what the people are saying. Uh, seeing it firsthand uh, from the press perspective, but also what people are saying from my generation. And the number one thing that I want to mention is the fact that people my age, when they see that they can get a car that is older or maybe an LC chassis for an affordable price or completely done, they are bought in. And I have a lot of people, uh, close friends actually, that have been talking with me and wondering basically can they get their hands on a car first? because Um, you know, I, I hate saying it this way, but most of my friends are all into imports and I find it very uninteresting. Um, (laughs) so, you know, they, they always end up coming to me about, you know, more technical questions. And so basically I see my generation getting into these cars and solving a lot of their problems and a lot of their questions. So I definitely think that what we're doing here is going to be not only helping people right now, but people that are my age and people that are younger than me. Uh, so
0: we're uh, we're hoping to kind of appeal to everybody. Awesome. You, you got a lot on your plate, dude. You're freelance writing and running this show. That, man, that's great. Who are you writing for?
2: So currently, uh, right now, Power Auto Media is a connection. So they have several different magazines. Uh, the ones that I've written and published for so far is uh, Street Muscle Magazine, and uh, they have a Hot Rod Magazine, and they also have another one that I'm going to be publishing on. I can't, I don't want to disclose too much, but I just did an article on a drag pack, uh, and I'll be publishing on Dragzine as well. So Nice. And then uh, I've been publishing for Hemi Pages, which was the thing that I actually founded with my dad, and I'm hoping that by publishing on all these different sites and putting a lot of content out there. I can hopefully uh start publishing in either Dodge Garage or I can start publishing on Hot Rod magazine. So that'd be
0: awesome. That'd be awesome. Um are you gonna get one of these cars? How how, how deep are you into racing? I know your dad's obsessed. I, I'm gonna start calling him the mad scientist. Uh, <laughs>
2: because, uh, hey. He is a mad scientist. Absolutely. Oh, <laughs> uh, you see that I, one behind him? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the goal is basically with this car, it's the prototype. It's the mm-hmm. Um, i don't know how uh educated everybody is but we have an f body kit that we're trying to put together and without cussing here uh, we have it's the effing send it kit uh, <laughs>
1: actually it's so. it's the f the yeah, F-king, f king f body f king <laughs> send kit, kit. Like because it, it was't it was a the f body was a kit car so it's this the effing send it kit that's what we're calling it
2: yeah i like it
1: He's got a, a very
2: thorough explanation, but long story short, <laughs> we're going to be slapping a lot of power into that piece of crap back there. So, uh, And that's going to be a test product, obviously, uh, That and that is going to be seen a couple years in the future. We have a lot of stuff we have to prioritize, but this is a little bit more of a side project. And the goal is to basically prove that what Mopar did in the performance days when they built the F-bodies, we can do it ourselves um, and kind of modularize it the same way. So. We're going to be using my car as a test bed. And we actually have another jalopy back here uh, that we're going it's to be It's <laughs> the
3: rustiest
1: car that, ever. that car is the rustiest car I've, I've ever, ever. If we even move it, you close the door, sand. The, the car is just <laughs> returning to the earth at this point. The, but uh, we it bought it for the engine compartment to mock up a turbo kit, so.
2: Yeah, Fun. so and if you want a little bit of a story, we're actually pulling it out of the trailer. And one of the. the uh, oh, god. Leaf spring mounts broke right off.
1: Well, oh, the, the rear end went right into the car. Oh, and never. through the floor. I've never so, seen anything I mean, like it before.
2: Because we bought it for the subframe, it's not a big deal. But, you know, it's totally crap, otherwise. So, yeah. Uh, that's that's pretty much our goal, is just to... I, I plan on racing this car, which not only is it uh, rare that it's an F-body, but it's a wagon. And all again my friends think i'm totally nuts because i buy the weirdest stuff and i try doing the weirdest stuff with it so um
1: and with lug your dog who's been quietly sitting in your lap this whole time lug
0: lug the 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 pug pug. mascot i love it for anyone that knows me on a personal level i love smash face dogs so that's awesome i was gonna ask you about him i was like who's your friend very cool um yeah i i i definitely like the f bodies um i uh they've definitely grown on me the past few years um especially the roadrunners those ones get hate they get so much hate and i'm like they're cool come on so I, I would love to see one uh with a hemi swap i don't know how many of those i'm sure there's going to be a bunch of them now but um definitely i can't wait to see one of those in person what's your, what's your goal with the wagon matt are you are you going to stay slant 6 and turbo it or what
2: yeah uh, so again without <laughs> disclosing too much and without <laughs> You know because we don't have any complete plans we, we have complete plans for the f body and we have a lot of complete plans in general for engine bay and engine compartment stuff but long story short that car is going to see probably three or four motors um, <laughs> nice. we, have a, we have
1: a very we have a very large swath of different drive lines we're going to put in the f body because uh i think there's enough out there and they're still cheap uh and they're not hate well there's a hate group out there for them but They've got a great front suspension that you can leave alone. That's why it's our economy model. You can use a lot of what's there. If you don't find a rusty one, you've got a really good car. And uh, so he's going to have everything in it at some point.
2: I I think that uh, it's pretty safe to say, though, that like there's going to be a turbo kit, uh, which we're also – another one of those things that we're prototyping is trying to get a Slant 6 turbo kit produced. Um, and we're going to try and get a couple of other turbo kits into production. Uh,
0: that people can buy because they'll be produced in quantity as well. So, um,
2: there's gonna be a lot of stuff,
0: you know. One thing I it bothers me every time I do it, whenever I look up a turbo kit for a Gen 3 Hemi, it just I'm like, how is this so dead? I mean, I'm getting search results for LS engines, which really pisses me off. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, where's all the Hemi stuff? So, the more the more Hemi parts that are out there, especially when it comes to, um, Forced induction, uh, happier I'll be. I want I want choices. I like having uh, I like having options. So I'm like I said, I'm really excited to see what happens with Ready Chassis. And I cannot wait to see the documentation, and it's just gonna be really fun to watch. But what I want to do right now is, I, I know we have like what ten people in the chat. It's Friday night, <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, but uh. I'm gonna. For those of you that are in the chat, I'm gonna throw up the link to join us on the stream. If you have any questions, we'll we'll open the forum for about five or ten minutes. See if anybody's got anything, Um, and uh, go from there. Um, Let's see what the chat says really quick. I don't know. I don't. Did this guy think that there was a Chevelle in the background? I'm not quite sure. Jermaine, I don't know what you're talking about, buddy. David, I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about either. <laughs> a little off there.
1: Yeah, it looks like uh it looks like Jeff Lingenfelter asked uh in our private chat cuz I sent out the wrong link that he's really interested in the Turbo Slant.
0: Hey Jeff, you want to come on? Let ask why don't you ask a question, Jeff? I'm going to bring you on to the stream, all right, buddy?
3: Hey. There he Here is. Here we are. Jeff, How nice are to guys? meet you, buddy. Thanks, nice to meet you. So yeah, I've got a 71 uh Dart Swinger rolling chassis sitting in a storage garage and I got a slant six sitting on the floor and I'm real interested in the turbo turbo package as a as a total change for what I'm used to doing which is a big block duster
1: yeah yeah it's uh it's it's pretty neat I mean uh so so there's a company out on the west coast um it'll be available on our site as a kit uh but they've developed um all of the uh port injection uh they they've got a different number of computers that they work and essentially a, a log intake that uh that works with it and uh in fact i just i just got a quote today on some of the things that they're doing and it's basically a turnkey kit so like i said every time we've got a manufacturer that does something really good uh, you know we're, we're gonna make it available as a modularized kit i, I kind of see myself as a mall Uh, if you will, when it comes to some of these packages, because the more that people are willing to develop things and like Jeff, you, what a great product you brought to market with the brackets, Uh, you know, make that stuff available if people want it, and need it. And uh, it serves the market really well. But yeah, I mean, from what, from what we can tell, you know, we're in the area of 350 to maybe 400 horsepower, a slant six, that's really pushing it. But uh, in a light car, that's pretty wicked.
3: Heck yeah.
1: That's, e85 too so and you get the that's what and I, can
3: really yeah yeah that's what i run in the duster so it'll be nice to use up whatever i don't use in the duster on a weekend put it sure. in the slant six dirt
0: <laughs> yeah uh slant sixes are like the unsung heroes and if, if you talk to anybody in the mopar world and you ask them what the most reliable mopar engine of all time is they'll probably say a slant six i've heard yeah. so many crazy stories about oh yeah i ran the thing out of oil and drove it 20 30 miles home (laughs) and it didn't die on me i'm like geez (laughs) it's just crazy the kind of stuff i hear about those things
1: yeah i wanted to give some props out there's a company called uh gill welding g-i-l-l welding uh bryce gill is who i uh, actually spoke to today so they use the uh they use the aussie speed four barrel manifold and they've got a mark ii or mark series manifold and an ECU that they use is Megasquirt or the Megasquirt 3 pre, pre, Pro uh, Evo, and that's pretty similar to like a domitor, uh, Dominator ECU. But anyway, that's they've got the entire package. It's got trash control, launch control, nitrous control. If you really wanted to do that, uh, set up for E85, the right injectors. Uh, they can even supply the tank and everything. So we're going to build a chassis for that, you know, for that setup. Because uh, you really got to lighten up the car to make it fun. If you put it in a four thousand pound car, it's I mean it's still three hundred horsepower, but to make it fun at the track uh, and safe at the track, we're going to design a chassis for the Slant Six Turbo Kit and and use the Gill Welding uh, intake setup.
0: Awesome, Jeff. You build brackets. Do you do uh, do you cu- do uh, do you do custom stuff? I have. Cause uh, I know that there's a, there's a little, a small, tiny little market in the 72 to 1980 Dodge truck community where everybody wants the little red express or non-step rear bumper brackets. And I know that I've been getting a lot of questions about uh, the bumpers on my truck because they're actually tucked. So they're like, I don't know, an inch and a half or two inches shorter than they normally are. So they, they appear a little bit cleaner. Is that something that you could do? Absolutely. All right. We'll I, be in touch.
3: Uh, awesome. Awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll probably, I'm thinking about maybe just sending you, um, I gotta, I gotta take the, cause I didn't do the brackets on my truck. I bought my truck from, um, a guy who bought it from one of my buddies, Murray that built it. And like I said, I've been getting a lot of questions about the bumpers on this thing. And I have to convince people that they're the factory bumpers. They're just tucked. So if we could have some prototypes made of those brackets, I I think we might be, uh, we might be business partners in the future.
3: (laughs) Sure, send me a message.
0: All right, I will. Cool. Let's jump back into, for everybody in the chat that's joining us, um, if you have any questions about Ready Chassis and the cool stuff that Chuck is doing and Matt, um, feel free to post them in the chat. We'll just run through here and see what people have said. I haven't been ignoring you guys. I've been just trying to get the rundown of ready chassis because it's been a while since Chuck and I had a discussion. Uh, Ricky Roberts says my son has a 72 dart four forty-six pack 1973 motor running. He just put bushings in the a frame trying to get the front end solid, the weight of a motor it's at the alignment shop. Now, any information would be helpful. What kind of information do you want, buddy?
1: Yeah, I don't know. Make sure you got the, uh, I don't know what bushings he's talking about other than maybe, uh, Replacing uh parts up front for the the links and stuff like that, but uh make sure you check those torsion bars putting a big old four forty six pack in an a body is, is challenging
0: yeah definitely and uh, how do those aftermarket uh front suspensions respond to because I know that uh q a one and some other i think there's a couple others out there um do do you have any experience with that kind of stuff with big blocks?
1: Yeah, there's a lot more um a lot more adjustment that comes with uh the the kits that are out there. So, I mean, for drag, you know, you want to change caster a little bit. Um toe and camber is pretty simple. Um and then of course you want really good weight transfer. Uh but getting the weight out of it and getting pieces out from where the headers are going to belong that makes it maintaining the car and doing uh you know, header exhaust drops a lot easier. But uh, now they, they've done a really good job and on the big block stuff I mean it's just oil pan clearance, oil pump access, uh, even just getting to the mounts and all of the aftermarket kits are are really nice. I, I'm very impressed. I actually bought one of the very first AGE kits in 2003 when they were first making them and uh, by far they're the lightest. I know magnum Force makes them um, you know all right there's a there's a lot of really great options out there. I'm. I'm there just, are. Uh, I'm I'm picky for the AJE stuff, uh, which we carry. But uh, I mean, it just makes, especially if you're going to do a a G3 swap, I mean, the exhaust options and the things that you can do are are far easier. But I've done big block in factory cars using the Schumacher mounts when those were available. Transdapt has a a mount kit now that's not as close, but it's good. Um, and, And they don't make them for the 73 or later cars, of course, yet. <laughs> uh, I heard US Car Tools going to be doing that, by the way. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I if you can do aftermarket suspension, if you can foot the bill for it, it's the way to go.
0: Awesome. You know, earlier it's funny um, US Car Tools been brought up a couple times. One of the reasons why I even brought up the '80s era Daytonos because word on the street. I did some digging because I really wanted to find the old direct connection rear wheel drive conversion kit, and I couldn't find it anywhere. So I reached out to a guy who did the G3 swap into Daytona, and he told me that U.S. Car Tools was working on a kit. (laughs) So I I need to reach out to those guys and see how accurate that is, because that would be uh, that would definitely be something I'd be interested in. Um, Let's uh, jump back over to the chat. Matt from Big Blocks Garage. What's up, boys? Driving home listening at a light. Fro says hi. What's up, guys? What's up, Fro?
1: Big Blocks Garage.
0: Yeah. Another great podcast. I listened to it today. Uh, Their latest episode had me rolling and feeling really nostalgic because they were talking about uh, video games and stuff that I haven't played in, gosh, over 20 years. Uh, It was a good, fun conversation. Logan, what's up, buddy? Mr. Jason Gibbons says he loves Lug the Pug. (laughs) Awesome. Side Road, listening. Go check out Side uh, Side Road's work on Instagram. He does some really cool graphics and stuff. Whoops. I love the F bodies, but I love all Mopar. I I think we're all in that boat, Roy. I don't think there's a Mopar I really hate, except for maybe the 88 Plymouth Sundance with the really bad paint that my dad used to embarrass me driving around. (laughs) I hated that thing. Love the thought process guys. Good stuff. Yeah, I do too. I really like what ready chassis is all about. I sometimes I wonder about you guys. I'm like, gosh, that's a, heck of a lot of work but i I love i love to watch um businesses develop and i I can't wait to see uh what ready chassis comes up with in the future what's up bud ryan what's up dave says the 318 more reliable uh than the slant six you think so Uh, how do you guys feel do you think the uh do you think the slant six takes a backseat to the 318 as far as reliability and durability
1: I don't know. I've done some things with Slant Sixes that shouldn't be talked about. <laughs> uh, I mean, well, back in the late '90s, we had a spare one. We put uh, we filled the engine crankcase with uh, Rust-Oleum black paint and a gallon of water after draining the oil, <laughs> and it ran at 4,000 RPM for about 45 minutes. Wow! And it was a 92,000 mile motor. I don't know how. I don't know how that happened. I don't know why we did it either but uh back then you could get 200 bucks if you wanted to crush a car so we got rid of a lot of stuff like that
0: gosh i see a really see a lot of people do crazy stunts on youtube i think there needs to be some slant six stunts happening like how much can this thing take this is a great idea i shouldn't have said that damn it, <laughs> damn it. somebody's gonna in a week there's gonna be a whole series of videos hopefully yeah, there you go <laughs> now i need to go find a slant six car to destroy
3: <laughs> yeah
0: um Ryan Lusk in the house. He says, my Kuda will be needing some ready chassis stuff. Well, reach out to the McMurrays. They got there you, you go. covered, buddy.
1: What's <laughs> yes, up,
3: Ryan?
0: Jeff, what do you think about the Slant 6 versus the
3: 318? i, uh, I never got to own one new. <laughs> okay. so I don't know which one would really survive, but I'd beat on both of them.
0: Fair enough. Roy Wheeler says my friends Mopar had a slant six truck that she ran for five years with a rod knocking. When we pulled it apart, the rod end was oval like an egg. True story from the nineties. Wow. Oh, it's crazy. I agree. Just leaning on my, my son's 71 charger while drinking beer and watching. That sounds fun, but go, normally, normally I, I'll be uh, open and honest here. Usually I have one drink while, while recording this podcast, just get me a little loose and in a, in a, in a fun mood, but uh, I haven't eaten anything in like 12 hours. So I'd, I wanted to avoid any potential mishaps on my end. <laughs> Ryan Lusk, uncle Tony will do it. How dare you mention that man? No, I'm just kidding. Um, any more quite- last call for any more questions for Chuck and Matt about ready chassis. So who's going to develop a kit so I can gen three, Hemi swap my eighties Delta 88. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i
1: had a, i had a 70 uh i had a 77 delta 88 that had a pontiac 301 in it i bought it off i lived in the city i bought it off a neighbor that's three doors down 300 bucks i put a gas tank in it and uh we called it the roach coach it ran <laughs> great but i mean pontiac was putting motors in oldsmobile so i guess putting a gen 3 hemi and an olds wouldn't be that weird
0: <laughs> that's awesome you know, like,
1: the only way i drive an olds so that's for
0: sure <laughs> yeah the the whole gen 3 hemi swap movement is going to get crazy i feel like there's a bunch of stuff that i would love to see gen 3 hemi swap but i don't know where this podcast is going to take me in the next 10 years so i'm being a little hush hush because i i love the idea of doing stuff that makes chevy and ford guys go crazy import guys too there's a couple imports i would love to see hemi swapped. uh 89 350 with four speed now chevy 350 as if there was another 350 <laughs> hey now i have an old yeah get out of the chat bud just kidding <laughs> just kidding buddy oh
1: <laughs> uh, you gotta love a 442
0: that, there's a, that's there's a true. couple
1: of really cool you know the g body stuff um i've never had the heart for it but i've always had the respect for it and then uh You know, so we've got we've got a a G body planned in the next couple of years to help answer the LS crowd. I think it's worthy. And there's a lot of people that love them. But uh, we're Mopar people at heart. So it's hard for me to say that. But you got to realize that there's other people that have other tastes. We'll never touch Corvette,
0: though. (laughs) Never, never.
1: (laughs) I won't go near Corvettes. I get a rash when I walk near them. (laughs)
0: I I have a secret fetish for C3 Corvettes, but that's a different <laughs> that's right.
1: topic. We saw that on Facebook today. It's the
0: <laughs> yeah, best
1: looking one that they make. Forget this rear engine thing that they did. That's, that's kooky.
0: As a kid, I always thought they looked like that first Batmobile, the Michael Keaton Batmobile. I don't know why the big fenders. I don't know what it was, but I always thought it was the Batmobile. But anyway, this is a Mopar podcast. so I won't talk about. It. Oh, I did want to say, have you guys seen the Hell National, the Grand National with the Hellcat? Yep. How do you feel about it?
1: <laughs> i mean you know grand nationals are those cars were always the the ones that that you know in the early to mid 90s those are the ones we feared because you didn't know if you were getting tangled up with a 14 second car or an 11 second car and back then on the street that was crazy uh and then i see guys ls swap them obviously i actually think it would be neat to have a if you're going to do a grand national do a stage one v6 with a bigger Turbo, keep it grand national, but hell national. I guess if you're going to put a motor in a GN, uh, <laughs> create hellcats, the way to do it. Supercharged.
0: I'm going to bring him on the show. I want to dig a little bit deeper, see how crazy the guy really is. <laughs> che says RX7 Hemi swap will be badass. I, I, that would be cool. Um, those rotaries, man, I, my buddy had one. Um, one of the uh, mid to late '80s RX-7s with a rotary in it, and that thing threw flames. It was a wild little animal. I couldn't imagine one with a Hemi swap, but you know, normally I would say I don't know how much room those things have, but I've seen some crazy engines stuffed in those Mazda Miatas, so I mm-hmm. wouldn't put a. I'm sure there's a Miata out there with a Hemi swap. I think I talked uh, about that in the last. Yeah, Live. I think there.
1: What I think there is a Hellcat Miata, right? Yeah, isn't there
2: one? actually? That guy uh, crushed it. He was leaving oh, a, really? a car show, yeah, and he's because it had you know, the weight distribution, the car like spun out, went right into a ditch, destroyed Ouch. all their, their work, but it was, it was a cool concept. And they, uh, they had the car on a Hoonigan burnout thing that they were, they were messing with the car and they said that there is supposedly another car in the plans.
0: So really see know. with, with great power comes great responsibility. Uh, the fact is I'm really surprised that Cleveland power and performance doesn't have a, a, a serious, Inventory of Hellcat engines with as many accidents as I see those things involved. Yeah,
1: yeah. I've talked to those guys. They uh they buy as many as they can get their hands on. They sell them really fast. I'm they, sure uh, they're doing a fantastic job of bringing that to market. I mean, I I don't know how many they've sold. They could probably tell you that that'd be an interesting one to have on the show because those guys man they've built some neat cars that charger that they did i mean it's they've done some really fantastic work and and i met them at the nats they were fantastic fantastic folks
0: they had a car that i was really interested in for a while i i doubt they have it anymore but it was a 300c i think it was an srt8 that was converted to a six speed Mm -hmm. and i was like that would be cool that's one thing i i always wished about the 300C in the charger. I wish they had the six-speed option. Six-speed, yeah. Yeah, a six-speed charger is
1: that's that's cool. Yeah,
0: Especially I don't know.
1: Do it without too much work.
0: Yeah, I don't know why they wouldn't. Because there's guys that have families that like. I still want to shift gears. <laughs> you know what I mean? But Jason Gibbons, I have a 70 Duster with a Gen 3 Hemi carburetor, four-speed. Awesome. Nice. But two chargers and one Cutlass, I'm good. Yeah, that's definitely a good ratio to have. <laughs> Right, cough, unless cough Buick Olds, and Pontiac all had 350s. All had 350s. <laughs> the fiberglass gives everyone a rash. Oh, oh yeah, for, from the Corvettes? Yes. <laughs> the Corvette, yeah. <laughs> Heading out. Talk soon, brother. Great info here. No problem, side road. Take care, bud. And it looks like that's it. Guys, why don't you go ahead and let everyone know where they can find Ready Chassis, Hemi Pages, and all the other fun stuff you're working on, Matt, all your magazines and all that good stuff. Um, once Chuck and Matt get through, Jeff, feel free to uh, promote your bumpers, your bumper brackets.
1: So anybody who wants to find us, go to readychassis.com, spelled like it sounds. You can always call us at 833-H3MI got or H-E-M-I, got Hemi. <laughs> and uh, Matt, I'll let you tell them uh, where to find you at, Power Auto Media.
2: Yeah, so uh, you can go to any of the sites in Power Auto Media. Uh, my main site that I post on is Street Muscle Magazine. Uh, and you can you can find a lot of my articles there. And very soon, you'll be able to find my newest article on DragZine. So,
3: DragZine.com and StreetMuscleMag.com.
0: I'll be looking forward to that issue. Jeff, where can people find your bumper brackets, buddy?
3: You can find us at com, And you can also find us on Facebook.
0: Awesome, and like I said, I'm definitely going to be reaching out to you. I think we, I think we might have a little uh, a niche carved in the tin grill Dodge truck community here. Because awesome. I'm not, I'm not kidding. So many people have reached out to me about those bumpers, like, oh, they're from a C10. I'm like, what are you talking about? And it's <laughs> I've been approached. Just, really? I've
3: been approached about that. Yes. Interesting. So. I
0: I know people just want the regular bumpers or uh, brackets, but I'm sure there is a nice little market for um the tucked bumpers so we'll talk about that a little bit more all right guys um a couple more quick ones roy uh hellcat k car 80s charger yes definitely there's still a an 84 85 uh charger a shelby charger um on my way to work that i see at this wrecking yard and it's just they sell cars and it's in the front and it's got a perfect patina on it i want it so bad but the guy won't budge from 1750 and i'm cheap I'm like, I'll give you 500 bucks and he won't do it. But one vehicle that popped up again, I don't know if you guys remember me talking about the big block van that I let slip through my fingers for 500 bucks. It just popped up on offer up again for 300 this time because the guy Uh. didn't come and pick it up. So destiny says, Hey, maybe we get a big block van. (laughs) Probably not, but we'll see.
3: (laughs) Any,
1: uh, any news when your darts going to be out there?
0: I have no idea. Um, I know the guy's got it, and I know the guy's got money, so we'll we'll see what happens. I know he's building it for his grandson, and from the sound from the sound of it, yeah, that's why he bought my Craggers too. <laughs> he wanted to be able to present the car really nice, so when his grandson oh, nice. saw it for the first time, he's like, "Oh, it's got wheels and all this cool stuff on it." Um, I wish he had bought my six pack hood because it's sitting right on the other side of this door, and I can't sell it. It's a thousand dollar hood. I got it up for five hundred bucks. No one wants it. so it's killing me right now so i'm like maybe that's maybe that's uh somebody telling me i need to get another dart (laughs) so if i get one if i get one i'll have to send it to you with a six-pack hood chuck and be like don't worry about the hood buddy i got it covered (laughs) we'll get it done (laughs) um irvin uh it's all right buddy um you can always check out the replay yes continue drinking (laughs) someone needs to build a wing van hold my beer (laughs) bud mac by the van i'm working on it uh would you believe i told her that i'm not really willing to pay 300 for it now (laughs) i'm so cheap oh it's ridiculous (laughs) hell yeah all right guys that's it thanks for tuning in i am your host chris albrecht that's chuck that's matt that's jeff and that was talking mopar's direct connections live number five we'll see you next time no mopar left behind There you have it, my friends. Another episode of Talking Mopars Direct Connections Live is in the books. For everything you need to know about this podcast, please visit TalkingMopars.com and don't forget that you can send me your questions, comments, complaints, suggestions, stories, and everything else on your Mopar addicted mind to Chris at TalkingMopars.com or leave me a message on my voicemail box at 209-28-MOPAR to hear your message on the show. Until we talk again, I am your host, Chris Albrecht, and that was Talking Mopar's Direct Connections Live. Thank you for listening to Talking Mopar's, your direct connection to all things Mopar. Until next time, remember, no Mopar left behind.